Should we do it? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. Welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. This is episode number 42, and this is uh, Little Louie. I've just come from the dentist, so I'm feeling a little bit... Actually, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good about myself because normally when you come from the dentist, you've just received the information that you either need to come back and get more shit done, or you've just had the follow-up appointment where you've just got shit done and you're coming back from like having half of your shit numbed up and all that. But because your boy fucking follows the rules, right? I went in there and Dr. Kev at fucking Vivid Smiles in Bunbury was just like, dude, are you a dentist? And I was like, of course I'm not a dentist. I'm black ink. And he goes, well, you must be a dentist because your teeth are fucking awesome. I'm like, brother, I know. Do you know why? Because your boy brushes and flosses every fucking day. As if I'm paid to do it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. I was thinking about this as well because like when you get these situations where you... Something about like brushing your teeth is actually like, it's one of those things when you get to like past living with your mum sort of thing, like when you move out of home, you kind of get to a point where you're like, well, you know, I might not brush my teeth as much as I should, you know, I might just fucking, I'll see what happens if I don't brush my teeth as often. And then strangely what happens is you just get heaps of fucking cavities and plaque and shit and you end up having to get like teeth pulled out or like, uh, what are they called? Um, fillings and all the rest. So I kind of got to a point where I was just like, oh, good. I'm just going to follow the rules to a fucking T. You know what I mean? Like so much so that where's something kind of shaped like a toothbrush? Like say this is a toothbrush. You know how just like you're always fucking smashing it sort of thing, pushing as hard as you can, just wearing all the bristles out. I mean, if you're not wearing the bristles out, that means that you're not cleaning your teeth, right? Right? And like just fucking smashing and every now and then you might do a bit on the front and that's it. And now, like, dude, I'm at the other end of the fucking spectrum. It's crazy. Like, I do directional brushing. I put the fucking slightest amount of pressure on my toothbrush. I replace my toothbrush because the time is up, not because the bristles don't work anymore. So it's like, it's kind of one of those weird things where you just get to a point where you're like, I I guess I'll just do what they recommend me to do. You know what I mean? Because it's like the only one who kind of benefits it from doing the thing that I think I should be doing rather than what the professional tells me to do. The only one who benefits is the dentist because I'm there more and obviously like they make more money out of me, you know? But what the weird part I found about the dentist was is I was sitting in the chair and I was like, I don't know if anyone else does this, but like the only thing that I focus on when I'm at the dentist is not tensing up. It's like I lie there up. Normally I have like one hand holding the other and I have my feet crossed as well. So the thing that I focus on straight away is like, Put your like separate your hands and separate your feet because I'll find that if I get unconsciously stressed, they'll cross up again, like duh, duh, and then my hands will find each other and I'll start squeezing the fuck out of my hands. I tense up my hamstrings as well, you know, like I'm again being paid to do it, and it's such a like I've noticed that I do it so much now that my focus when I'm getting like my checkup or I'm getting a feeling whatever it is, my whole focus is just like making sure that I'm not tensing up. And then furthermore, I focus on my breathing, just in, out, in, out, in, out. And I thought about that. It's like, why am I tensing up? It's like, because my mind or my body is like realizing that this is one of those moments where you may be on the verge of about to feel pain. Like you're about to have something happen. It's going the consequence of that thing happening is is going to be like to your detriment, to your detriment and feeling. You're going to have pain. It's going to be instant. And there's a potential that the pain isn't going to go away. And obviously this is one of those things where I'm looking at it from a point of view, like from like for some reason, that's how my brain breaks things down. And I like, I wonder how difficult that job must be for dentists in general, just in that, like, what do people actually do? Like the reason why people don't like going to the dentist isn't because they don't like having things in their mouth. You know what I mean? It's more to the point where it's like, you're trusting like a decision making 
uh, element, which is a dentist, a person, a human, to make judgment calls like not only in the long term, but in the extreme short term, like you're going to take something sharp and pointy. The, the only purpose of that tool is to be sharp and pointy. You're going to put it in my mouth to do sharp and pointy things. And I'm trusting that you're not going to touch on something or you're going to stab my gum or you're going to rip on a tooth or whatever it is. So I found that like the thing that I go through in my mind is actually like while consciously I think it's the breathing and it's the relaxing and all the rest, I think there's more subconscious conversation going on of me reminding myself, I trust this person. I trust this person. I trust this person. Because I feel like, like as far as my history is concerned with uh, like dentistry, my visits to the dentist got a whole lot easier when I knew the dentist personally, right? And this is a really interesting topic because it was much the same with tattoos. Like my whole relationship with getting tattoos and the process of getting a tattoo changed when I knew the person who was tattooing me. And still to this day, if I'm in a situation where I'm getting tattooed by a complete stranger, I'm just getting a tattoo from them because I like their work or because I'm in the area or whatever it might be. It's like I always find it such, it's a more difficult process to mitigate that pain in my mind when I don't have the connection with the person who's administering the pain. And I think the reason is that the like element that it comes down to is the trust. And I feel like when you have trust for your dentist, it's so easy just to like, okay, cool. Whatever happens, happens. And even if you do inflict pain on me, I trust that it's for some sort of like necessity. It's to figure out that, oh, that, that area is sensitive or you've got a problem underneath there. That's why you have pain and so on. I kind of, it leaves me in a position where like, you know, if I expand a little bit on the reason, like, I think like growing up in a small town, I wouldn't call Bunbury a small town particularly, but it it does have that real small town mentality. Um, You kind of by proxy end up getting like your doctor and your dentist and your this and your that. Now, I didn't really have that experience up until I was 10. So like the dentist that I saw up until I was 10, I mean, you know, he go once, twice, three times a year as a kid just for checkups and bullshit and rah, rah, rah. Like I probably saw 50 different dentists before I moved to Bunbury. And then once I moved to Bunbury, it's like you have the dentist that you either visit through school or the dentist that's at school that you go to. And then when you leave school, obviously there's that gray period of like, you know, being a fucking late teenager, early 20 something year old who doesn't do anything that you're supposed to. You know what I mean? Like you don't go to the dentist, you don't, you know, you might hurt yourself and instead of going to the physio to get it fucking sorted out properly and get yourself on a good rehab system, you're just like, I'll figure it out and let it turn sore when I turn 50, you know? So uh, I like, I actually, uh, you know, for complete transparency, I became quite good friends just through, I think it might have even been through owning the um, coffee van and like making coffee for people regularly. But I became really good friends with a lady here in town who owns a dentist practice. And consequently, I ended up going to the dentist quite regularly or when you should sort of thing and like didn't really avoid the things like the dentist says, you know, we can do this now or we can leave it and see what happens. Rah, rah, rah. And like, I just got to a point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do like, if it's got to be done, let's just do it. And I trust, actually, you know what it is? I think there's a certain amount of like, and this might be different for everyone. I feel like there's a certain amount of apprehension I have when it comes to medical things because I always want to know the complete transparency when it comes to the bill. I want to know like, right, if I say yes to this, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like I almost have like a digital counter in my mind where I'm like, right, you've got the consultation. It's going to cost this much. Oh, do you want us to do an x-ray? It's like, well, does, does that add more onto it? Does Medicare cover it? Does my private health insurance cover it? How does that work? So if I get an x-ray and then you find something, we've got to do something about it today. 
who pays for all of this? And also, if I have to pay for it, it's not that I, you, you know, like, I don't, I don't even know if it's like that I do or don't have the money. It's just the fact that, like, I hadn't allowed, you know, that expense. I, I hadn't allowed, and I think the thing about, like, with a dentist is that you know that it's medical, so you know, in a way, it's almost necessary. It's like, if I don't spend this, you know, let's say $1,000 today on all these things, I'm going to have to probably spend $3,000 in a year time, in a year's time to fix the things that I didn't fix today. You know, it's just such a, like having that relationship where I, I trust the practice that I'm in. I trust that they're not, you know, they don't have me in the chair just as a number and someone who's going to bring in more money for the business sort of thing. Oh, battery's gone flat already means I'm recording a good podcast. But yeah, it doesn't, you know, I'm not just this, I'm not just like a, a, a walking invoice that's sitting in the chair so that when I walk out, they're like, yes, we got this, 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 and this, and we're going to make all this money. And then also having that like, I don't know. It's almost like a, I, I, I don't know what the word is. It's like continuity with your dentist as well. Like I, so before the current dentist that I'm seeing at the moment, his name is Dr. Kevin. He's great. I fucking really love going and seeing him. He's just on my level. We talk about shit. You know how some people just like, they try and have a conversation with you and it's just like, hey man, like I get it. You did like fucking five years of school and I dropped out in year 11. We're not on the same wavelength. We don't have to kind of have a conversation. Dr. Kevin is fucking years smarter than me, but just also like converses in my language. You know what I mean? You don't feel like a fuckhead answering his questions. And I, and more to the point, this is really interesting. I don't feel like a fuckhead saying the things that I know about my own teeth. It's a really interesting situation. It's like the dentist wants this information out of you in a way that like, you know, they can have all the tools, they can have all the fucking da-da-da, but the reality is they don't know your mouth as well as you do because it's your mouth is, in, is inside your head your whole life sort of thing. So, like, you already know the rough spots and the parts that are sensitive and, like, the, the situations in which they become sensitive and all the rest. And I feel like sometimes, I mean, I don't know about you, this might just be an insecurity of me, but I know in the past when I've been in situations like this, I've almost been, like, insecure to say like using the correct terminology that I know is the correct way to explain what I'm trying to say. I get embarrassed to use that with that person because I'm like, oh, those words kind of belong to you in your area of expertise. You know what I mean? Like today I was trying to say like, and like I have no problem with it now. I'm, I'm very just like, oh, it's this, 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 and this, you know. But I remember like today I was like, you know, when I floss this particular between this tooth and this tooth, it's only on the contact do I have sensitivity. And typically it's only on when the, when, when the floss is on the way in, not on the way out, right? And even just using the word contact, like me two years ago saying contact to a dentist to be like saying the word pussy to my mum when I was 12 years old, you just don't do it. You know what I mean? You feel like a fucking idiot. You know, that's not my word to say sort of thing. So it's one of those like, yeah. And man, I feel like even the the permission to use words that we give ourselves sometimes is a bit weird. Like I found for the longest time when I was creative writing that I would I would want to say things, but I'm like, ah, that's not really a word for you to use, you know. And like typically it would be like, you know, sometimes I you know you I wouldn't use a word like um, therefore, or I wouldn't use a word like. Um, it's hard, to, it's, hard, it's hard to think of them on the spot. I put myself on the spot here. But like, I remember so many times I wanted to say something and I would have this like almost, I'd be enamored with the way a, with the way a sentence sounds or with the way an idea comes across based off the words that I'm using. But I wouldn't give myself permission to use these particular words and I'd end up restructuring or reforming or maybe even completely getting rid of the idea or the sentence just because I didn't want to use that word. And now I find like, I mean, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know as well as I do that I use every word that I fucking know in my brain to best 
you know, tell you the thing that I'm trying to tell you. You know, like as far as I'm concerned, like the whole method of communication is taking this thing that you've got in your head and creating some sort of like almost physical entity that someone can understand and can take on and digest for themselves and turn it into their own their own thing. You know what I mean? The whole thing of communication is just fucking wild. I feel like I really focus on I really focus on my ability to translate my ideas and give them to other people so much so like even the podcast itself and i've talked about this a hundred times i try not to talk about the podcast i'm so sorry but even having these brilliant big ideas that i get a chance to actually fucking express and you know take 10 minutes or 15 minutes or half an hour to explain them sometimes it isn't time that stops you from being able to elaborate what you're trying to say it's not being able to fucking say the thing you know what i mean it's not being able to Trans- sometimes I feel like you, I even get to a point where like I can feel myself on like the cliff's edge of knowing what the word is and I can almost like I know the parts of the word like I know if it has like L-A-T-E in the back of it like translate or if it's you know starts with a particular letter that that happens for most people you know when you almost know a word but you only know the first letter you're like it starts with a fucking S or a T you know and it has an I-V-E in it and you're like yeah dude supportive and they're like no oh, it's fucking supportive you know but I feel like when I get to that cliff of almost knowing a word, sometimes I'm like, I fucking know what the feeling of the word is. I just don't know what the word is. You know, it's just communication in general is such a bizarre thing. And like to know that, like, you know, even if you take, uh, you know, that analogy where you say like, there's three truths, there's whatever happened, there's my perception of what happened, then there's your perception of what happened. And I feel like if we take what happened as a piece of information, there is always going to be like, you know, if I have this piece of information that I want to give to you, there's going to be my explanation of that piece of information. Then there's going to be your interpretation of me communicating that piece of information. And then there is the piece of information itself that maybe even I have adulted somehow with like the way I see things or my perspective and therefore is different from what it originally was. And then the whole art or the skill or practice of communication is your ability to be able to transport these mental pieces of information with people and like deliver something. I mean, if you want to be a good communicator or a good, commu- uh, a good conversationalist or whatever it might be, you want to communicate these things. You want to transport these mental ideas as effectively as possible and have fun doing it. You know, how fucking cool is that? That's just a part of everyday life that if you let yourself be fucking completely taken away by, can keep you entertained for your whole life. How bizarre is that? And then if you're really smart, you turn into a business and make income out of it. Bruh, now we're cooking with gas, you know? Mm. But, man, communication in in general is just a weird thing. Sometimes I feel like... uh, my ability to receive information is like hindered by the idea of like the information that I already have. Sometimes I think like, like I actually, like today's a good example. I'm actually really tapped into the idea today that pretty much anyone gives me as like a a fresh piece of information or anything less as in like, let me give you an example. If you're coming to me with like, oh, um, we're doing this such and such thing at one o'clock, I am so fucking, I tell you what, fuck what I was just talking about. I have this thing that I've realized the more and more that I get older, right? And like, forgive me because this isn't a polished thought yet. This is just something that I've noticed and I'm I'm trying to be more receptive of it as it happens. But unfortunately, it takes heaps of time and heaps of like aware thinking to like really tap into. Dude, 
I've noticed that there are sections of my life where I get ridiculously creative and then I try and make my like, you know, it, it lasts from anywhere for like four days to like two weeks. I'll be super creative. And then I start to like, I do a few things. I try and look at what's going on and I go like, right, what was the catalyst of this creativity? And what is the thing that keeps this creativity around? And furthermore, now that I am this creative person, how can I nurture it in a way so that I can like, build a life around it. And I don't mean like build a business or build a uh, fucking income or anything around it. I mean, just being able to manage who I am as a person with this part of me that is so fucking epically like firing at the moment. You know what I mean? Like I literally can't look at something without imagining what it would be you know what I mean? You know, add in the creative, da da da. You know, it's like seeing a shirt and being like, "Oh fuck, this is this is what I should make next." Or seeing something and being like, "That this is a really good idea, but here's how we can add to it. Here's what we need to take away from it to make it better." And then all of a sudden, like just when I start to sink into that feeling of being creative, then it goes to something else. Then I go like, "Right, I'm really like, I'm I'm." fucking firing on all cylinders as far as executing. Sometimes I go for a whole week. Sometimes it'll last a whole month and I'm just like, all I want to do is do the next thing on the list. Bang, 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 bang. And you know, you get to the end of the day and I only stop because I know that I'm going to get more out of tomorrow if I stop right now, but I could quite easily just keep ticking things off the list. And then all of a sudden when that's done, I find that I get like, fill in the gap. This is the thing. And like, luckily, Luckily, the thing that I'm feeling at the moment, this thing that I kind of touched on before where I feel abrasive, where I almost feel like, in a way, self-destructive. I feel like anything that you send to me, I can send straight back to you without any problems. You know, like, in a way, I kind of have this, like, force filled up, but the force field doesn't stop the bad things. It also stops the good things. And the thing that I register about these particular days when they come about, and the wild thing is, is Larissa's feeling like that today as well. So maybe there's some woo-woo shit that's going on that I don't even know what the fuck it is. But that's not the point. What I'm trying to say is, I can register these days now, and it's not even a bad day for me. It's really important that. It's not even a bad day for me. Even though no one can say anything to me where I take it on and I get that feeling of like, ah, oh, yeah, happy, cool, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you, I'm happy for me. Let's go jerk off together, you know? I don't have that at all today. But what I do have is this almost like aggressiveness. You know what I mean? It's kind of like I'm angry with the world, but for no fucking reason. And the thing that I can do with that aggressiveness is, is turn it into execution. Now, obviously, I just use execution as an example, so it kind of sounds like I'm double, like I'm doubling up or kind of calling back on that. I'm not, right? So the difference between that execution and this execution is before I was talking about kind of getting jobs done, and now I'm talking about the aggressive sort of execution that you need when you do jobs that you don't normally want to do. I find that today, even though I'm in, and this is only for lack of a uh, lack of a better word, like I'm in a bad mood, right? I'm in a bad mood. Like I'm cranky. You know, like you say something to me, I'm like, yeah. Give you a smart ass answer, you know, like I'm in that sort of mood. Dude, I know me and I know like today would be a wicked day for me to be in any sort of race. Like if there was a push bike race, today's the day I want to ride because I would I would have more fuel in the tank just to beat the cunt next to me. And from that, I know that like today's a really good day, even though it's shit weather kind of makes it even better. Go do some gardening, go pull up weeds, go roll up that hose, go wash your car. Today's the day that I will aggressively get things done that I don't want to do in the name of being a cunt, you know? The bigger point that I'm making here is the fact that like, I'm going through these like rhythms. I'm going through these like sections of my life and there seems to be like, I don't even know how many of them are. Let's say there's like, there's under 10. 
There's under 10 because essentially what I'm talking about, what these things are, they're like moods. They're moods that I stay in. And when I'm in this mood, I don't have a choice but to like express this mood, you know? And like this literally goes to like anyone who knows me, not even that personally, I fucking hate being touched. I hate being touched. If you don't have to touch me, there is no reason in the world that you should be touching me and therefore don't touch me. It's not like it's a personal thing against you. It's me. It's me. I don't like being touched. Sometimes I get into these moods though, where I'm like, I'll be around my friends and like, we're about to leave each other. And I put my hand on their shoulder. I'm like, man, it's good to see you. I never do that. But there are sometimes these fucking clouds that come over me and bubble me in this space where I'm just like, yeah, I want to connect with someone physically. Like, Hey buddy, you know, like you shake someone's hand that you don't always say, Hey, you're going, you know? But man, typically I don't like being touched, but these moods, man, these moods will just come over me and all of a sudden for like anywhere from like one day to maybe 10 days, I'm just like, fuck man, come here, give us a hug. It's good to see you, you know? And the next time I see him, I'm like, hey man, don't touch me. Don't touch me, you know? It's just like, I don't know. And like, this is the thing, like, let's fucking, let's get real. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like females, you know, this beautiful part of our life as a male is to be around females, but... And I'm going to dance on eggshells the whole time I talk about this. You watch. But like, let's talk about um, like the menstrual cycle, right? Let's not go too far into it because obviously, you know, boy, don't know what I'm talking about. But at the same time, we can definitely say in a 30-day period, you know, uh, sorry, uh, in 30 days, right, there are going to be particular days in there where she's more social and she's less social, Right. And I'm, I'm talking exclusively about moods, right? There are going to be days there where, you know, if you don't know, seemingly for no reason, she's just a total fucking asshole. And then on other days, you're just like, oh, this is the person that I know. This is exactly who it is, right? So it's very easy to like understand that like there is a cycle, the menstrual cycle, but there is a cycle that is repeating itself about every 30 days. You know what I mean? I truthfully believe, and look, there might be all the scientific research in the world already done on this, and there might be a conclusive answer that tells me I'm right or wrong, but I believe that not as a male, but as a human, there is some sort of cycle that is happening on a much bigger scale, and I think it's actually cycles within cycles. I don't think, you know, you have two weeks of happiness, two weeks of sadness, two weeks of creativity, two weeks of execution, two weeks of da-da-da, and then it gets to a point where it loops back on itself. I think there are massive cycles of happiness. I think that you are meant to feel really fucking good sometimes and really good. And then sometimes you might have some like, oh yeah, I feel okay. I feel okay. I feel really shit. I feel terrible. Nothing's good. I'm starting to feel good. And then you come back to the start right? And that's one cycle. And that might take 12 months, right? That might take 12 months, might take 12 days, I don't know, right? Let's say for the sake of the example, it takes 12 months and it goes all the way up, it comes all the way down, meets the center and repeats itself. Then I feel like creativity, there is a cycle of creativity. I'm super creative, I'm super creative, and I'm not so creative, and I really can't think of anything now, I've got creative block, and then I'm super, super creative, super creative, and it does that. But that cycle is only four months, right? And then you've got your execution and your execution does this. I'm in the mood to fucking get everything done. I want to go to bed. I want to smoke bongs. I want to get everything done. But that cycle is only a week, right? So if you start to understand the cycles and cycles, your happiness womb is on this big cycle. Your execution is on this little cycle. Your creative creativity is on a four month cycle. You fucking fill in the black, you know, and they're all on these cycles. And the crazy thing is because they don't all line up sometimes, 
you have these things where you go like, I'm stupidly happy and I'm stupidly creative and I'm stupidly like loving and I want to touch people and all the rest. And you have a really fucking brilliant day. And then other times you get the complete ass into the spectrum on all of those things and they all just happen to align. You have a fucking terrible day, right? And then, and then I think that these like rhythms or these, um, it's a word that starts with C. I want to say circumference, but it's not circumference. It's like a, these cycles, right? These cycles that repeat themselves. See, I just did the thing then. You know what I mean? The thing I was talking about before about coming up with a word, you kind of see it, but you don't know what it is. You have like a little bit of a hint and you get it. Yeah, dude, genius. Anyway, these cycles, because none of them start and stop in the same place and because they are all like constantly interjecting in a certain way and because these are all happening subconsciously or even further back than subconscious, I think there is also the same way females' menstrual cycles align if you put them all in the same group, whatever it is. You put all the same chickens in the same coop. They all line up. You know, terrible metaphor. Super offensive. Don't give a fuck. You know, cancel me. I think that there's more to Larissa having a bad day the same day I'm having a bad day. I think that that's not a coincidence. I think that not just females align. I think humans align. I think it makes perfect sense. But the problem is... I feel like there's so many woo-woo naysayers. About, and dude, there's too many chicks out there charging their fucking crystals up in full moons. They have ruined it. Dude, it's like these fucking eggheads who buy like some Bitcoin and call themselves entrepreneurs. You're not. You're, you're fucking so far away from doing anything to do with business. Like honestly, just loosen the grip. Loosen the grip. You know what I'm talking about? Man, it's fucking crazy. Because now, someone who like semi has their head screwed on and like, you know, I, I don't fucking... I don't, you know, align my chakras and all the rest. I, I, it's not me. But at the same time, like, I feel embarrassed saying like, hey, man, does anybody else notice these cycles of shit going on that kind of like sometimes they line up and all the rest? And then I have like, I, on top of that, I have this person in my life that we do absolutely everything together besides work. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm noticing and have noticed for the past two years of hanging out, which in, in, includes like 12 months of constant one-on-one -on -one attention, living in a caravan, both not working. You know, noticing that these things that like line up more often than not, you know, and the problem is most of the time I'm having this conversation with someone who has just a normal nine to five job or, you know, a normal shift work job and all the rest. And like, realistically, they don't have the spare bandwidth to think about these things. And if they do this, they're, they're using that bandwidth thinking about like what they want to buy next or like how they can better manage their mortgage or just bullshit that doesn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying the shit I think about matters either. I'm just saying that definitely doesn't, you know, definitely doesn't matter. But now I'm the fucking, I might as well get, go buy some crystals and believe that they fucking help and charge them up on the full moon. I, I don't know. The part that I don't like about that. Fuck yeah. The part that I don't like about that whole getting crystals and charging them up thing is that if you believe it and give it faith, it works. And the fucked part about that is, is like, well, no, I see, obviously every time people make things like this, I feel like every time people make situations like this or like they, they talk about, you know, like I'm picturing one specific person who charges their fucking crystals in the moonlight. And to me, when I think about that person, I'm like, oh, they don't have the capacity to have faith in themselves or something enough that it would actually make a difference. They're doing it because they heard it somewhere and they're replicating what they heard. So therefore, 
the effectiveness of charging their crystals in the moonlight probably won't actually make a difference. You know what I mean? And because I can only imagine it with that one person that I base my whole analogy around, then I find it accurate for the whole analogy. Just means I'm a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Obviously, there are people out there that if they can apply that same faith to that I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like faith is robbed by Christianity, by the way, but this, we'll fucking come to that. I feel like if, it, you know, if they have the depth in themselves to go like, right, I understand. And like, maybe it comes from a place of going like, hey, I know this sounds crazy. Like, I know that charging my crystals in the moonlight is dumb when I say it out loud, but I'm going to believe that fill in the blank. There is some sort of infinite power that is trapped in the moon that my crystals that can most definitely take on energy, they cannot accept that energy from the moon unless they are underneath the moon and exposed to the moon. And therefore that's why I do it. And furthermore, when those crystals are charged up, I believe I have faith that if I keep them on me, that they will give me particular benefits, whether it's, you know, helping me better understand myself or maybe it's attracting money to me or maybe it's protecting me or maybe it's fucking making my tits bigger. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like if you can have that sort of faith in it, then I believe that it will 100% work. But I personally don't have faith that the majority of people who do put their crystals out, you know, fucking fill in whatever woo-woo shit you want, you know, burning sage around the house and all the rest. Like I don't believe that those same people are aligning that those two really important pieces of information, you know, a practice backed by a belief, you know? But again, who am I to say anything? I just own a local fucking screen printing business and, and run a podcast. Like I, I'm really not coming at it with that much education or real information. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that like, this is the thing about faith as well. It's kind of, and like I've preached this on the fucking podcast before. So at a danger of repeating myself, like I have no doubt that whether it is the podcast or whether it's screen printing or whether it's the brand itself or whether it's creating motorcycle parts or whatever it might be, shit, it might be creating somebody else's dream and coming. I will be successful. I will win. Whatever this race that I'm in, like I will win it. But it's just getting to a point of like having that, that surefire faith in yourself and anything you do and like understanding that like you don't understand and putting faith into that that is the thing that carries you. And I feel like the fucking wild part about, and like, I, I am a Christian man. I am someone who believes in a higher power. I am someone who believes that the Bible has a certain amount of significance in the human life. Um, I don't want to get too much into that because I feel like it kind of muddies the waters when people have this interpretation of you because, you know, like the whole religious thing that has been, what would I call it? That's been spilled onto humans and then, you know, pushed by particular humans in a particular way for, you know, political or financial gain, whatever it might be. The whole thing of like having faith is weird, you know? And I think that the thing that Christianity or, you know, speaking from what I know that Catholicism has done is they've tied faith and guilt into the same kind of like, it's all stirred into the same pot. And unfortunately to have an ultimate faith in this higher power, this existence of like what we call God is for some reason tied into this idea that you are guilty by proxy. You're guilty by being alive and being a human. You're guilty for having desire. You're guilty by, you know, fucking not praying earlier or missing praying, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. I feel like guilt kind of takes away from the, what faith really is, you know? And I feel like some of the practices that I use to instill my faith, because that's the thing, like faith is a practice. Faith 
isn't something that you just have. Faith is something that you develop. Faith is something that you, you know, as I said before, the, the, the things that I practice to instill faith within myself, the difference between like that practice and say a practice like prayer that is tied into being a Christian, I don't feel guilty if I miss the, that practice that I do for myself. But as a Christian man, I feel guilty if I don't pray, right? So I think the difference between that is, right? When I pray, I'm speaking to God. Okay, I'm asking for help. I'm explaining my troubles. I'm whatever it might be, you know. And I feel as if if I don't pray in time, or if I don't speak properly, or if perhaps I, you know, swear while I'm praying, whatever it might be, I feel like I'm upsetting a higher power. I feel like I am talking to a man who judges me. And even though, like God is someone who is free of judgment, he doesn't care what you do. He doesn't care what you've done. It's all about forgiveness and moving forward. At the same time. If I'm late to the prayer, or if I didn't pray yesterday, or if I know I'm not going to pray today, I feel a sense of guilt. But over here, with the things that you know, my practice, right? And the reason that I'm calling it my practice of instilling faith within myself, rather than calling it something that's relatable to you, is because I want to keep it as a total separate entity, right? So if I completely skip that practice, right? I feel nothing more than putting myself back by a day, right? Because... There is no guilt when you're talking to the infinite intelligence. There is no like, oh, I'm late to the game when you don't have that conversation with the infinite intelligence. I feel like the infinite intelligence, the thing that I speak to when I'm talking about these things that I want to achieve, when I say this is the man I want to become, this is the business that I want to own and run, these are the things that I want to create and these are the things that I want to get done today. When I'm having that conversation with the infinite intelligence, my practice of faith, right? I feel as if all I'm doing is best preparing that day for success. And when I don't do that, the only person that I rob is not the infinite intelligence for not having that conversation, but myself for not having that faith in myself and, and in the infinite intelligence and you know all the woo-woo stuff. I'm the only person who's robbed of that. But for some reason, when I miss praying to God, when I miss that conversation with God that I have, I feel as if God is sitting there tapping his finger going like, well, what are you doing, Jake? Huh? Is smoking bongs more important than talking to me? Huh? Is hanging out with your mates more important than me? And look, man, that might just speak more about my relationship that I have with God and the infinite intelligence than it does about Christianity or guilt altogether. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is being raised as a Catholic person, going to private schools and having all this Catholic instillment, I have guilty naturally and organically sewn into the fiber that is my body. I feel guilt for things that don't need to ever have guilt felt for them. You know what I mean? I feel like, and the, the continuous thing is it doesn't matter who you talk to, as long as they're Catholic, they seem to understand what that feeling is. And like when I hear people talking about on podcasts that I've never met before, and obviously they're talking about it in a conversation that I didn't instigate and they're saying the same things, then you kind of go like, ah, oh, ah, oh, I see what's going on here. That guilty feeling that I have all the time. That was just something that like Catholicism kind of takes advantage of when you're a child. Because this is a thing like, dude, neuroplasticity is your ability to learn something. But basically it's your, like, if you get a 10 year old and say like, Here, here's how you take this thing apart and here's how you put it back together. That 10 year old is a lot more likely, depending on the complexity, to remember how that thing comes apart and go back together infinitely moving on compared to someone who's like 50, purely because your ability to learn when you're younger is just so much better. You know what I mean? Like 
to begin with, you're not struggling with other information in your brain that your, your brain's trying to cross-reference and make, you know what I mean? Like make it easy for yourself. It's just happy to take on this new information, apply it straight away and move forward. The second thing is you're like, your 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 it's like your need to learn as a human at that stage is so much more important because it's it's even like a subconscious thing it's not like you're 10 years old and you're going like fuck man i've got to figure this out because i'm growing up it's more like the organic kind of progression of being a human at that age means that you're so much so so much more susceptible to learning and to taking on information and being able to apply it quicker than say an adult who's been doing it for 50 years so I feel like there's some sort of fuckery that goes on. And I don't want to say in the church. I want to say in private in private school and schooling systems, in the way that they teach children, not even necessarily what they're teaching them, but it's the way that they teach them, the way they translate and then communicate this information to children. And I feel like for some reason, I'm not bashing the church or religion or anything here. I'm just saying somehow this has come about. They were all having the same experience, especially those who were raised Christian and left it themselves, even if it was to one day find it again for themselves. They all seem to have this thing in the back of their mind where they're guilty, where they're guilty. You know what I mean? And I think it's got to do with the way you're raised because this is a crazy part. I mean, I talk about in Critically Thinking Brilliant Men, which I think was episode number seven, this like you know, the neuroplasticity of a kid is insane. And the last thing I want to do is be around a kid, say something that's just a passing comment. And then that comment turns into something that they concrete into their mind for for forever. And it turns into something that like kind of identifies them or falls into a part of their character. The crazy part about that is, is like, I feel like for some reason, these private schools or the church or whatever, they like know that. And they're trying to put in these, all these little one-liners or these little narratives or these little stories so that they can instill some sort of something to gain from them later on. And look, it might be something as simple as like, we're just trying to get them to go to church so they, and you know, like give us fucking 30% of their pay so that the church continue to do and, you know, achieve whatever the church achieves. I don't know. It might be something a whole lot less sinister going like, yeah, because we know that a guilty human is someone who is more likely to live an enriched, fulfilled life because we know that when the, when the driving force is guilt, people are more likely to act better around other humans because they are living in fear of being guilty of doing something wrong. Look, that might be the case. There might be some super smart intelligence behind it that I'll never grasp that I'm just lucky enough to fall into the fucking, what do you call it? I'm lucky enough to fall into the pool of people that were raised that way. You know what I mean? And I think like definitely there is certainly like something that stops me from doing silly things a lot of the time, whether it be saying something that I don't mean or acting in a way that I don't feel, you know, for longer than fucking five minutes when you're acting out of anger or something. Like I feel like there's a lot that I don't do in fear of the guilt of afterwards, right? So even with that said, you know, like you could say fucking oath. I, I, you know, I'm definitely... I feel lucky that I was raised in the situation that I was in. And given how many times I changed schools and and like had to make new friends and all the rest, I'm super glad I was in an environment where the natural kind of key values of the people that I was around, the people that were teaching me 
and also the other children that are around knowing that they came from families with good key values probably made that whole experience of like swapping and moving all the time so much easier because you're dealing with people who are more susceptible to new faces they're happy to be polite and all the rest and i'm not saying that public schools are no good i'm just saying the overall vibe of these private schools that do have religion in them is that they're good people trying to do good things and create a better place in the world you know so look i'll probably just fucking talk myself out of my own point there you know it's, it's all good man I, honestly like i am all over the place today i'm fucking feeling like my um you know this this aggressive reaction that i have to everything is just like you, you can't move forward with some things because you're too busy just worrying about how angry you are angry you are with other things and that's why i say like weed the garden wash the car do these monotonous jobs where you know what the next move is where you don't have to problem solve but at the same time, my whole job is problem solving. That's what owning a fucking small business is at the start. You don't know what your small business is. You don't know what the next move is, but you do know that you have to solve problems. So being in a shitty mood doesn't really help too much. You know, I spent yesterday fucking organizing all the different inks and all that that I got from uh, the screen printer sale. I've got myself like 50 different colors to use. I've got all the tools. So now that everything's kind of clean and operational, today's the day I was gonna start running my first kind of test runs on the screen printer. And obviously moving forward, I have those first 20 hand-printed OP design tees that are gonna be released as soon as they're all sold. I've sold 50% of them, I just gotta sell the other 50%. Once they're sold, I get the tees in, I do the prints, I send them out, and it's all said and done. And then we keep moving forward. So if you do wanna get one of those, hopefully by the time you hear this, they're still available. Um, all you have to do is jump on my website. They are the top link right up the top. So I think that's all I... Um, yeah, I, this is weird, man, because I, it's, a, it's a really hard thing. That that shirt particularly, because obviously if you don't know, oh, I got rid of that shirt that was here, but it's the OP design, which is my standard logo and it's just on the back. And I feel like I'm trying to sell a product that I've had for sale forever and I'm trying to like make it cool again. You know what I mean? I'm just like, hey, like, I know you probably already have this shirt, but have it again, but I printed it by hand myself and it will have a number inside saying that like, yeah, this is verified as one of the first 20, you know, but I've already been in operation for like, that shirt has literally been sold for seven years and now I'm trying to sell it like a new thing. And it's like that purpose tee that I released last week, like selling literally dozens of them. And then I go and say like, hey man, you can get like a slice of black ink history, one of these tees for the same price it costs to not get it hand printed. Like it's literally, you're getting so much more value for the same price and I've sold 10 of them. Dude, and the part that fucking melts my mind, here, come close, I wanna tell you this. The post that I use to advertise it has got so many more likes than just normal posts, it doesn't make sense. It's not even a fucking video and it had 80 likes in four hours. What the fuck is going on? What the fuck? And then I post a really good fucking video and it takes like fucking four days to get 100 likes. Dude, I don't understand this game sometimes. I don't. I don't. I don't. Man. How's, uh, it's kind of funny. Again, I'm finding that like the weirdest people are listening to this podcast. Man, my fucking dad, dad goes into the office the other day at work and they're like, hey, your young bloke has the fucking, the thing on YouTube, eh? And dad's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, no, he's got the clothing brand. Yeah, he's got this and that. And dad's like, yeah, yeah, all right. Dude, my dad's a fucking truck driver, right? My dad is a truck driver. Dude, if any of you boys from Cuba listening to this, kudos to you. Hey, it makes all the sense in the world. Listening to a podcast while you work for 12 hours at a time. The only thing that you wish when you're in that position is it wasn't a 45-minute podcast. You wish it went for two hours because you're in the fucking rhythm. 
I know. I used to be there. All the old boys didn't want to listen to me saying like, hey, listen to podcasts. It literally makes the time fly by. But who am I? Point is, boys, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. Don't forget to tell the other fellas to listen to me, all right? That's what it's all about. And go on my website and buy some shit. Dude, if I see your name come through and I know you, I'll hook you up. I'll give you some shit. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, I wish I could just nod for another fucking minute because I'm almost at 45 minutes. I'm not trying to drag this out. I just it's 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 so annoying when you get to the, like that wind down stage and it's like 42 minutes. You're like, hey, fuck me, right? <laughs> anyway, um, I'm pretty sure there's nothing else crazy going on. Hey, I'm just excited to get these first prints done. I'm actually really excited to practice some printing with all the different colored inks that I have. It's such a like. I can feel some really cool content coming from this whole screen printing process because the whole just like just get even getting the tub out and mixing it up and seeing how colors act and like I'm colorblind as all fuck and I still think these colors are awesome. So I'm super excited to get them on the print. I'm super like on the press. I'm excited just to like understand the whole process and like really wrap my head around all the ins and outs. It's just like a I don't know. It's like a it's like a fun amount of problem solving, I think, you know. So yeah, hopefully we have some really cool um, results to talk about and show you on um, Instagram and all the rest uh, with this fucking screen printer. It's super exciting. Um, coming up in the future, I know I'm trying to. I'm, I'm putting together a summer collection. This is another one of those things where like I don't want to talk about until I'm doing it, but I am. I am putting together a summer collection, which means there's going to be completely new products that you haven't seen before. So I'm not just doing like a fresh t-shirt print or a new hoodie or something like that. These are products that I have never done before that I'm bringing to the black ink market for the first time. So they're going to be released in December. I'm super excited about them. I'm going to start getting prototypes and doing a little bit of promo stuff here and there. But So stay tuned if you're a real fucking avid black ink collector. And if you are a black ink collector and you haven't signed up for one of these one of 20 limited edition first hand printed run black ink t-shirts, then fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like, do it. Don't be one of those people who in six months time is like, oh man, if I had a fucking known, I would have, oh, did I miss out? Oh, can you do one more just for me, cunt? I thought we were friends. Do you know how many people think we're hell good friends when I like tell them I don't have any hockey jerseys left? And they're like, well, you didn't put one aside for me. It's like, nah, cunt, I haven't heard from you in fucking two years. That's like, dude, I, I fucking get that we once drank piss once at the Burley, but like, dude, no, we're not friends. <laughs> so dumb. That's literally like what people are like. It's some people are fucking crazy, crazy. And then like people who are into this conversation where they're just like, so where do you get your shirts printed? You know, or like, oh, who does your designs? Like, you're not going to fucking do anything with the information. What are you talking about? It's like people who slow right down to go around corners. Do you think your car is going to flip over if you don't slow down? What the fuck are you doing? Start thinking about your life. You know, I know that seems like a wild cross reference to me. But no, if you're going to ask me where my shirts get printed, you are definitely the sort of cunt that slows right down almost to a stop to go around a corner thinking that your car is going to slip out of control if you do it any quicker. Like, what the fuck? It's 2021. Oh my God. I told you I'm having one of those days. Huh? Is that proof enough? I just wound myself up over something that didn't even happen to me today. All right. Hey, pop quiz from the last fucking podcast. What's this? What's that? (laughs) the dog heard me say what's that and she's like I don't know is it food anyway let me go enjoy the rest of your day thank you for listening this has been episode number 42 proudly supported by fucking no one other than me you know what I mean so if you want to proudly support me I can I mean like as a sponsor I don't mean just like 
PayPal me some money and I'll spend it on fucking shoes, you know? That'd be weird. Anyway, don't forget to like and subscribe, do all the bullshit, comment, fucking share, save, send to your friends, recommend me to a friend, uh, buy something off my website, get one of the fucking 1 or 20 limited edition prints, and, you know, that's me. I'm out. Eeyoo!